Hey, uh, so today we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk about week two in our seven deadly sins, and that video was a little bit of a setup for what we're talking about today. Because here's our seven de- deadly sins. We've got pro- this is what we'll be talking about over the course of these next um, next few weeks. And I'm going to go ahead and do this in some sort of order because last week I just kind of randomly read these. And we have some OCD people that really didn't like that. So we're going to go clockwise around this just for a sec, just for now, okay, for those OCD people, pride, envy, anger, gluttony, which we're going to do week four, right after Thanksgiving. (laughs) Now, we're not mean. We're not mean. We're not going to do it before Thanksgiving. We're going to do it after Thanksgiving. That'll be a fun one. Greed sloth and lust, and for those of you who aren't sure what sloth is, that'll be the last one in our series, and that's probably my favorite one, so make sure you come back for week seven in our series, but today, we're going to talk about something that probably just maybe came up a little bit in your heart when you watched that video and you saw $100,000 go into the giving line, you know, you laughed at that, no, No, we're serious because we're talking today about greed. And so let's start with the definition for greed. Now, this is just a dictionary definition, but it actually really works pretty well. I like it. Greed is a selfish and excessive desire for more of something, such as money, than is needed. And you know, the crazy thing about the culture that we live in today is that greed is everywhere. In fact, we live in a culture, think about this, we live in a culture that encourages you to be greedy. If you're, when you're sitting there watching TV today, watching the games today, and you, wa- you see a commercial, most of what's behind any kind of marketing toward you is greed. They're trying to get you to think you need more than you really need. Just this week, Tracy and I were at Costco, <clears throat> walking through Costco, Stuff Mart, is another name for that. We're, we're walking through Stuff Mart, and I mean, just it's just such a great example of how our culture tries to get us to think we need more than we really, really need. So this week, I walked by a display for bamboo bed sheets. Now, who, who needs bamboo bedsheets? Let's just be honest about it. But I, walk, I walked by, and it, in the, it was this display on the aisle you know, next to the, the food samples, so that's what got me. So I'm, I'm doing some food samples, and then I walk over to this, this display. I'm like, whoa, hey, bamboo. And there's something about Costco where it's like, you know that if you don't buy it now, can I get an amen to this, right? If you don't buy it now, you, might, you just might miss out, and it'll never be there again because all the other greedy people will have come before you came back to get it. And so I see this, this bed sheet display and it's just like calling me saying you need $150 bed sheets 150 bucks I remember I looked at this this is Costco you're not supposed to be selling something for 150 unless it's a car right <laughs> and I look at this and I'm I'm saying there's some there's something wrong about people who would spend $150 for bed sheets right that's what I'm doing in my heart because I'd already prepped the greed message. And so in my heart, I'm like, there's something wrong for someone who would think this way, who would buy $150. And I looked at this display, and it says, limited 
time only. Special sale. And it's just they're adding insult to injury on this whole like Costco timeline thing. And I'm, I'm starting to look at this and I'm starting to linger in front of these bamboo bed sheets. And I look over here on the display and it says here, feel this, this cotton bed sheet. You know, there's a sample, so I feel the cotton bed sheet. And it, it felt like papyrus. It felt like paper. It literally felt like rough paper. First of all, I've never, I've never actually felt cotton bed sheets that rough before. <laughs> but I wasn't really thinking this way at the moment. I'm like, yes, that is really uncomfortable to be laying in cotton bed sheets, which is what I have at home. I'm starting to feel bitterness now in my heart. And then, I, and then it's got the bamboo sample, and I feel the bamboo sample, and it is just silky soft, and I almost fell asleep just feeling it with my fingers right there. So I ended up buying those stupid bamboo bed sheets. And so greed is a selfish and excessive desire for more of something, such as bed sheets, than is needed. I, I share that story. By the way, we're returning them. Okay, I'm just going to say that right at the outset. We got home, we, got, we went on Amazon.com. I found some bamboo spread bed sheets for a fraction of the price. So thank you, Jesus, for Amazon. <laughs> but, but we've all, don't we, we all have stories like that. And so we're going to talk about greed today. And this, to me, this is, of the seven deadly sins, this is the one that probably really jumps out the most for our culture. I mean, a lot of these do, but just to think that these are, these are sins in the Bible. These are sins that have, have been around for thousands of years. But I think this message in particular is one that if there was ever a culture, if there was ever a generation, if there was ever a nation that needed this message, it's our generation. So I hope that you'll listen as we, as we talk about greed today. And I want to start with this quote from the book by Graham Tomlin. It's a great little book. If you haven't picked it up yet, it's called The Seven Deadly Sins. And he says this, greed tries to satisfy the restless soul with things that were never meant to satisfy it. And temporarily, at least, it silences the desire for God that is the clue and pathway to true happiness. That's such a great insight. I, I, when I first read that, I thought, that is so true. What's happening with greed is it's a, like, like a lot of these sins, it's a false pathway to something we, a good thing, something we want. But greed, this is how the enemy works, greed steps in to try to get you to put this to put this other thing, make this other thing the goal of your life rather than biblically what should be the goal of our life, which is about relationship with God and, and having a rich relationship with him, what ends up happening is instead we, we get fooled, kind of like Costco fools us, we get fooled into thinking, oh, this is, this is the thing I want. So the real thing that we want, the real thing that our souls long for, we don't end up getting Greed steps in, the enemy uses it like this, greed steps in and we end up, the, uh, word, another word, biblical word for this is idol, this, be, this thing, some other thing, whether it's money or the stuff money can buy, usually it's not money, right? We don't care about money, we care about what money gets us. Money is, the, is what we think is the pathway to this other thing that we want, comfort, fame, you know, whatever it is, there's all kinds of stuff, fill in the blank for yourself. 
And so it temporarily silences this deeper desire for God. And so that's what we're going to be unveiling today as we talk through the deadly sin of pride. And, and so let's just make it clear. Let's, let's talk about this in, in non-abstract terms. Greed, then, is a false pathway to enjoying life. Remember, enjoying life isn't a bad thing. God doesn't want us to not enjoy life. That, you need to come back for the sloth sermon because we're going to really finish with that. Just a little, a little spoiler alert. Sloth is that, the thing in the list that shows us that God wants us to enjoy life because sloth is actually the inability to really enjoy life. That's what sloth is. So you have to come back in week seven to hear more about that. But for for today, I just want to make sure that you understand is Jesus said, I want you to have a rich and satisfying life. He wants you to enjoy life. So enjoying life isn't a bad thing, but greed is a false pathway to that good thing. God wants you to really get the most out of life. I want you to hear this. God wants you to really get the most out of life. Greed then steps in. The enemy uses greed to step in to fool you into thinking that to get the most out of life, you need stuff. Does that make sense? Now, to prove it, if you have a Bible or a Bible app, turn to our main text for today, and we're going to be spending most of our time in this. It's Luke chapter 12. And and. In Luke 12, we've got the parable of the rich fool. We've got Jesus' famous teaching about money and possessions right in the middle of Luke 12. But before I even get into that, I want to I I give some context to the passage we're going to be studying today as we talk about greed. Before Jesus talks about money, before he, talks, before he gives this parable of a rich fool, before any of that, he's actually preaching about some really deep and intense stuff. He says in in Luke 12, verse 4, he says this, Dear friends, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot do any more to you after that. Like, So this is like ultimate stuff that Jesus is teaching about, right? He's talking about eternal stuff. He's talking about the most important stuff, like deathbed stuff. Okay, let me read that again. He says, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot do more to you after that. I tell you who to fear, though. Fear God who has the power to kill you and then throw you into hell. Yes, he's the one to fear. Whoa. Like that, those are, those are some hard sayings of Jesus there. He's like, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of Satan. Don't be afraid of the devil. He could just kill your body. You need to fear God because he can throw your body and your soul into hell. You with me? Could you imagine being there and Jesus is like just getting all postal on him, right? And then in verse 13 it says, and then someone called from the crowd, teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Do I need to set this up a little? This is funny to me. You should have laughed right there. Okay. (laughs) Jesus, Jesus over here. Don't be afraid of Satan. He can only kill your body. You need to fear God who can destroy your body and put your soul into hell. Uh, Teacher, could you tell my brother to share the inheritance with me? Like, do you see what's happening here? This is truly hilarious. Jesus is talking about this, this eternal, intense 
like spiritual stuff over here. Like he's, he's giving his best sermon over here on eternity and the importance of real eternal stuff. And this guy is waiting for him to pause so he could ask him to tell his brother to share his toys. It is such a perfect picture of how we think. We've got eternity lying in the balance and we're shopping for sheets at Costco. <laughs> Do you see, you understand what's going on? Like we're so caught up in what our world offers that we're so caught up in this life and in what this life offers us that we, it's so easy for Americans, easier than, certainly easier than the crowd that Jesus was speaking to 2,000 years ago. It's so easy for Americans to miss the point. It's so easy for us to think we're on the pathway to really enjoying life because of all the stuff that we've accumulated for ourselves. But here's what we need to understand. It is a lie. And the specific lie that it's built on is that this is all that there is. So Jesus is talking about eternity, and this brother is all caught up in this life. And man, that's, that's such a great picture for us because I think we've all, we've probably all been there. So let's take a look at what Jesus said. Now remember, he's being interrupted from his bigger stuff. And by the way, if you look at the, at the end of all this stuff, talk about money and possessions, he comes back to the eternal conversations at the end of all of it. So you can, you can study that for yourself in Luke 12. But I want you to, I want you to see the aside that Jesus preaches now, right? So now he actually spends, I don't know, 20, 25 verses addressing this brother who is just getting back from Costco. Like, that's who he's addressing. And he tells this parable. He says, Beware, guard against every kind of greed, because life isn't measured by how much you own. So this is, he's going to tell this parable, he's going to start with a big idea, and he's actually going to finish with the, with sort of the key takeaway, I'll show you that here in a second, but here's his big idea, he says, beware, guard against greed, because life isn't measured by how much you own, there's more to this life than just your stuff, okay, and then he tells this parable, he told them a story, and he said a rich man had a fertile field, a fertile farm that produced fine crops, and he said to himself, what should I do? I don't even have room for all my crops, so he's doing really well. So just insert yourself here, right? And by the way, some of you are like, man, I wish so-and-so was here for this sermon. No, no, you let God deal with so-and-so. If, even if you, you might say to me, I, look, I'm right on the poverty line. Like, I live right on the poverty line in America. If, even if that were true, which probably is not true for most of us, but even if that were true, you would be in the top 10% wealthiest people in the world. So I don't care who you are, this, this parable's for you because we're this guy, okay? So here he is, so see if you can identify your attitude in this. What should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. And then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and I'll say to myself, I love this. I could just see, this is Jesus telling this story. I'll sit back and I'll say to myself, my friend, 
Anytime you talk to yourself like this, it's, a, it's like a warning sign, by the way. Like, calm alone. My friend, when you, talk, when you talk like, I'll say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. So there's, there's his perspective. He is so caught up in his paycheck. He's so caught up in his, his worldly success. He's so caught up in what he's a accumulated for himself. And could we just, could I just remind you, this can be all of us, right? We're so caught up in what we've accumulated that we, we think it's all about here and now. Eat, drink, be merry. That's the end of life. That's my goal. That's what I did it all for is so that I could get to this point and have this attitude and have this comfort and have this success But look at what it says. But God said to him, you fool. You will die this very night. And then who will get everything you worked for? Now, again, I think it's really interesting in the context of this greater chapter. Jesus was interrupted from this whole conversation, from this whole sermon about the importance of eternal things. And he's he's comically interrupted by this guy who's trying to drag him back to the temporal world. And now what he's doing is he's telling this incredible parable that connects the temporary world to the eternal world. And here's how he says it. You're a fool. You will die this very night. Then who will get everything that you work for? He calls this guy a fool. And so let's, I want to just, again, I want to make it clear to you. I want to put on the left here how he started the parable. Remember, he started with this big idea. He said, beware of, beware, guard against every kind of greed. And the reason is because life is not measured by how much you own. It's not about how much stuff you have. I think it's important to say that again. It's not about how much stuff you have. So then what is it about, right? That's the natural next question. Well, then what is it about? Well, he, he finishes it, he ends this little parable in verse 21 with the moral of the story, right? And he says, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth. Now, he doesn't stop there because, believe it or not, God's not against earthly wealth. I just want you to know that right now. Anyone who's, feel, who's sitting here feeling like judged or you're feeling guilty because you drove here in a nicer car than I did or... Or maybe you're feeling guilty because you did keep those bamboo sheets, <laughs> and I didn't. And now you've already slipped. Well, it's Costco. You can still return them. So some of you are like, well, wait, so you, what you're saying is it's wrong for me to have wealth. That is not at all. The Bible doesn't say that anywhere. It doesn't say it's wrong for you to have wealth. Here's what he says. You're foolish to store up for yourself earthly wealth, but not to have a rich relationship with God. So what he's doing is he's saying there's, there's something so much more important than earthly riches, and he still uses the word rich. He says the, most impo- the thing that we're all actually meant for, the thing that we, at the, in our truest, deepest self, the thing that we yearn for is a rich relationship with God, but what sometimes gets in the way of that is our pathway to this earthly wealth, and we end up missing this altogether. And you know what he calls a person who does that? Foolish. 
He says, you're foolish to stop at earthly wealth. You're foolish to, to store up all this wealth for yourself and then just to leave it at that. That's what the guy is doing in the parable. He's, he's so focused on what this world can bring him. And Jesus sees it, he understands it, and Jesus puts his finger right on it and addresses that with this guy. And we're the guy. Because I think, I think we all do this. Our culture is designed to get us, encourage us to do that. See, greed is destructive at every level. It's destruct, it'll destroy you individually, as an individual person. It'll destroy families. Maybe you have examples of that where greed has destroyed families. And then it, it can take down whole cultures. And I feel like we're in a culture now where greed is starting to really destroy our culture if we're not careful. And yet our culture thrives on it. The messages we receive every day drive us toward greed. That's why it's so important to look, our value number one as a church is we look to God and his word in all that we do. It's so important to just be in God's word. Let God's word speak to us. Let the Holy Spirit convict us when this is creeping up in our own hearts. Now the family thing in particular, remember this whole context, verse 13, is that someone called from the crowd, teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. So what's interesting is this, all these teachings about money and possessions, and he, Jesus is just getting started, by the way. We don't have time this morning to get into all of his teachings. I encourage you to read it later on your own. But he, after he tells this parable, he does this whole thing on money and possessions. He keeps preaching on money and possessions. But what did it all stem from? A family argument over money? How many of you have ever argued about money in your family? Raise your hand. That's right. God's watching, so he knows already. Yeah. We have. I mean, money can be so divisive in families. It can be divisive in, in, like, with mom and dad and kids. It can be divisive, even more divisive sometimes, with the extended family. I can't tell you how many Christian families that we know of that have, have really struggled, they've really fought, even to the point, in some cases, even to the point that they're not even really talking anymore because of money, because of inheritance issues. It's crazy. So don't let greed get a hold of your heart. It'll destroy you. That's what it was doing to this young man who was asking Jesus to be the arbiter with his brother. And here's what I want to finish with. The antidote to greed, the solution to this whole thing, is actually not poverty. We're not saying to be poor. God never says to be poor. The antidote is generosity, looking outward to give to others in need. Let's, let's finish what he says in Luke chapter 12. Again, there's so much more to this, but this is later on in the chapter as he as he dives deeper into this, his teaching about money and possessions, Jesus says this. He says, sell your possessions and give to those in need, and this will store up for you treasure in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. I love that. He says, your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it. No moth can destroy it. 
Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Many of you know uh, Steve and Katie Bennettson. They were here this summer. They're missionaries that we support. Steve was on staff for 11 years here at Alpine. Uh, one, of, one of our favorites, right? We all love, those of, you who have, who have, those of you who have been around love Steve. Many of you don't know, Katie's my sister. And so I love Katie more than I love Steve. Um, you probably do too if you, if you knew Katie. Um, she's way better than Steve. But Steve and Katie are missionaries in Ethiopia, and they just had to leave. They just had to flee Ethiopia because this civil war is impending, and this, this rebel army is, is getting nearer and nearer to Addis Ababa, where they live. And so the embassy said, you got to get out, and, and, and they're, you know, they're, they're actually at the moment in Kenya, so keep them in your prayers. So they were able to get out. Thank, thank the Lord they were able to get out. And I talked to Katie the other day on the phone as she, while she was at the airport. I said, hey, so... What did, what did you bring? And she said, well, we just, we just packed whatever we could and, you know, put it in suitcases, whatever, clothing and things like that. I said, well, what'd you do with the rest of your stuff? I mean, they don't have a lot of stuff. They don't have a lot of stuff, but they've got like a TV and they've got, they've got beds, you know, and they've got, a, they've got a car. And she said, well, we just tried to like lock it up, like hide it and lock it up in a, in the, in a, the safest place we could find in our home. And they honestly have no idea if they're ever going to see that stuff again. Because if, 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 if this army advances on their compound on Addis Ababa, there's no question they're going to loot. They're going to loot their whole compound. They're going to loot the home. They, they, that, like they, they might not ever see it again. She had zero concern about that. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine, like, hey, you got to get out of your house by Tuesday, pack up what you need, because you might not be able to come back, ever. What would you even put in, what would you even put in your suitcase? You, you wouldn't be able to find a big enough trailer to haul all the stuff away that you'd want to take with, that, that's me at least, maybe you're more godly than I am. Like, I can't even imagine what I would put in a couple of suitcases that you could bring with you. People around the world, this is how they live, this is how they think, but not us. Not in America. I, you probably don't know anyone who's ever had to do that. I don't. My, this is the first time. My sister's the first person. I've, but look, watch the news for a minute and, and take a look at what's going, around, going on around the globe, and you'll see this kind of stuff happens to people all the time outside of America, and yet, yet we, we somehow have this idea that what we have is so secure, it could never be threatened. And so let's read again what Jesus said. He said, sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes or get looted. Like this doesn't happen in heaven, your treasure will be safe. Stephen Katie's treasure is not safe, but it's not their treasure. It doesn't really matter that much to them. She was, she was, it was amazing how chill and happy she was and, and content she was. If, if I was in that situation, I think I'd be, you wouldn't hear that in my voice. You'd hear stress, you'd hear anxiety, 
but she didn't have that. She's, Katie and Steve have lived long enough in Ethiopia that I, I really don't think they think like Americans anymore. What a blessing. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it. No moth can destroy it. And then he says this, and this is one of my favorite statements from Jesus on money. He says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And so what I love about this is he says, whatever you, essentially, whatever you invest in, whatever you invest in is what you'll fall in love with. This is so important to understand. Whatever you invest in is what you'll fall in love with. That's why the antidote to greed isn't poverty. Just be poor. That's not the solution. The solution is to invest in things that are better than earthly things. Invest in stuff that is beyond what we can see and feel and touch right here in this world. And this is Jesus' whole point. Remember, he started, he was preaching about eternal things, and then he got interrupted about money. And so he preached about money, which was actually still preaching about eternal things. He said eternal things are more important than money and possessions and what you can do here. And so Jesus is preaching against greed in that context. And I want to finish with this last, this last little passage from from Paul. He's writing to Timothy about this. And this should really convict us as Americans because this very well could have just been written right to us, right? Timothy was a pastor of a church and Paul is telling Timothy how to pastor rich people in his congregation, essentially, okay? So that's all of us. So here's what he says. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable, right? Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. There it is. He's like, God, enjoyment's good, but greed, money, stuff isn't going to get you there. It's a false pathway to get there. He says, tell those rich people to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. So he doesn't say, tell them to sell everything and become poor, and live among the poor. That's not what he says. He just says, just tell them to be generous, because generosity will keep you from making your possessions the end game. If you feel at all a a pull towards stuff, be more generous. Be more generous. That's what God's calling us to do. Greed can be so deadly. You think you're gonna get the stuff you want, but you don't end up getting it. So be generous. One of the things you can do, again, toward that end is to give toward Missions Week. Over these next few weeks, we're gonna be raising funds toward Missions Week. As you heard in that video, you can give in the giving box. You can go online and give. And and let's start. It would be great. What usually happens, I'll just be honest, what usually happens is is the, the week of Missions Week is when all the funding finally comes in for it. Right, So we're all, every year we're always like, oh man, I don't know if we're going to meet our goal this year or not. Wouldn't it be awesome if we met the goal like within a week or two? That'd be awesome. Give, let's be generous, and let's see what God does in our own hearts as we release our grip on the stuff that this world has to offer. Let's pray together. God, I pray that you would help us to do this, Lord, that, that we would see 
in these stories, we would see in this parable ourselves, our own hearts. And God, I, I pray that, that I know for me, I know I need to be more generous. Help me to be more generous toward your kingdom, toward the things that really matter in this world. God, I pray that the, the grip of material things would be loosened on my own heart. And Lord, I know there are many people who feel the same way. I pray that you would free us up from this false pathway. And God, that we would understand that it's all about having a rich relationship with you. And so God, I pray that that would be the thing that we're really focused on. And Lord Jesus, that you, by your grace, that you would give it to us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.